I hatched a cunning plan for the future of making permaculture stronger. Alrighty people, let's do this. So something is about to happen that has not happened before as part of the Making Permaculture Stronger project, I mean. What is about to happen is this. So there's been this split, I've just realized, and I had this epiphany yesterday, that the split does not have to be there. And I'm doing an experiment in the split not being there. Now, what's the split, you're thinking? The split is between the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast, which has been interesting conversations with amazing people that I want to connect with, and often I want to become their friend, definitely want to learn from them, and the blog post, which has mostly been my self-initiated, self-directed inquiries into the topic of permaculture design process. So there's been these two things, and they've kind of both got their own life. It's occurred to me over time that a heck of a lot more people listen to this podcast than read the blog post, which is fair enough. And I don't, I don't take it personally. I mean, it's just, you know, it's harder to find time to read stuff on a screen, whereas you can listen when you're maybe not in the shower unless your earphones are waterproof, but, you know, you can certainly listen while you're driving or washing the dishes, etc. Uh, anyway, because the the posts I'm about to start publishing are so important to me, they're so important to this project, to where it's heading, to where it's been, really critical milestone or threshold in the evolution of this project, and it's taken me this long, whatever it's been, well over three years to get here, and I couldn't have anticipated this at the beginning it's been a beautiful process of discovery and um, no doubt there'll be further thresholds and all that kind of stuff in future but anyway because it's so important i thought that what i would do as well as publishing it as written words on a screen and it may eventually end up in the making permaculture stronger book i'd also do an experiment make a couple of podcast episodes at least one this one where i'm not interviewing a guest it's just me. You don't have to share me with anyone else. You get me all to yourself. And what I what I plan to do is, I guess it's kind of like an audiobook. You don't have to read the post. I'm going to read it out. Probably I'm going to get tempted along the way to um, throw in some extra reflections. Can't see that not happening. So you know, there'll be a little bit of a difference, not a total correlation between what I say and what you can read. But everything, the idea is that everything you can read will be, you'll be able to hear. It'll be in here. So you don't, you don't have to read this anymore. You're off the hook. Um, it's probably enough of an intro. So let's let's get into it. So I'm going to open up the preview of the, um, the first post and what I'm calling the Change of Heart series. There are going to be at least two, probably three posts, two or three posts. Uh, and the theme is going to be introducing phase two of making permaculture stronger. Uh, all right, well, let's see what happens. So I'll start reading it out. Making permaculture stronger is about to cross a pivotal threshold in its evolution as a project. Let me explain. Title, Making Permaculture Stronger Phase 1. So the project launched three and a half years ago with the intention to be, and I quote from an early post, a space where permaculture practitioners come together with a spirit of strengthening the design system aspect of permaculture by clarifying its weaknesses and coordinating efforts to address them. Where the best way I know of strengthening something is to identify weak links and then to direct energy to making them less weak. So that was my founding intention, a space where permaculture practitioners come together and collaborate to strengthen the design system aspect of permaculture by clarifying its weaknesses. You know, where it sucks a little bit, where it's got some issues, where it's made, uh, where it's missed something important, that kind of thing, and coordinating efforts to address them. Okay, 
continuing on to read the post. An early requirement for the project was to create a framework for thinking about all the different aspects of permaculture. Some way of holding the whole so that weak links could be identified, honed in on, and strengthened. Enter the permaculture tree, take three. Hopefully at least a few of you remember this. I mean, I sure do. I still find it a helpful way of mapping out how all permaculture's different aspects sit in relation to one another. Now, I highly recommend that you go and check out the illustration of the permaculture tree take three in the show notes that I had my dear friend and amazing permaculture illustrator, Brenna Quinlan, um, create for me. I originally with a view towards using it in the Making Permaculture Stronger book, but she turned my original illustration into something really special. It's amazing to look at. And in the process, we actually improved the way the thing was laid out. So the idea is it's using the tree metaphor. I call it take three on the permaculture tree because Bill Mollison and David Holmgren each have had a prior crack I discovered when I, after I'd initially created it, thinking I was some sort of original genius. They both uh, created something they called a permaculture tree, uh, using the tree metaphor to explain how certain aspects of permaculture were related to each other. Completely different uh, aspects and the, you know, the purpose to what I'm laying out here. Anyway, I'll talk you through it. So imagine the form of a tree, which at the highest level has the roots, the trunk, the stuff above the trunk. And so I have the roots, the below ground component of the tree, representing the general universally applicable foundations of permaculture. So all the stuff that doesn't change as you move its uh, style and place context of application from here to there around the world or from a landscape to an organization to a workshop or whatever else. I have them down here is things like ecological literacy, pattern literacy, systems thinking, a holistic approach, the ethics, the three ethics of permaculture. There's fundamental assumptions uh, and definitions and then there's design principles. The idea being that all these things are always going to be appropriate and uh, worth while and valuable to refer to them and to try and honor them in any specific context of application where the stuff above the trunk so the limbs the branches down to the leaves represent the situation specific solutions which i've further uh, distinguished into design configurations or patterns so those are the limbs sort of high you know i think people think people get what i mean here the sort of thing you lay out in a concept plan strategies such as water harvesting earthworks and techniques such as uh, ripping with a key line plow let's say and so you have the universally applicable stuff in the roots and the situation specific solutions in the stuff above the trunk now we come to the trunk the idea being that you need a trunk it not only holds the rest of the tree up uh, it connects it to the roots and it's the conduit or pathway through which what's in the roots and what the roots are accessing is able to make its way up into the tree. Of course, there's a two-way flow. I'm focusing on the stuff moving on the roots up through the tree. Um, I do have, one way I show a return flow is that as, as leaves fall to the ground, they, they compost in. The idea being that as we do experiments, practical site-specific experiments in permaculture design, um, that whatever we learn is hopefully over time percolating back down through the soil and cycling back to enrich and support the evolution of the, the foundational universals. 
And so what does the trunk stand for? Which aspect of permaculture does it stand for? It stands for design process. That was a big uh, penny-dropping realisation for me some years back when I realised that there is nothing in the world that can get you from the universal understandings of permaculture to appropriate, maybe even to the right or to the best specific outcomes in a particular situation than a design process. It's not, it's not a negotiable thing. Straight away when this first occurred to me, it was a helpful way of framing common issues like the fact that so often we get excited about this leaf or that leaf, or this branch or that branch, possibly even this limb or that limb. We get excited about one or another design patterning strategy or technique and we, we superimpose them or we, lift, we copy and paste them and lift them up and expect them to work as well somewhere else. And of course that's not always the case, as opposed to generating appropriate solutions, which are sometimes obviously going to draw on and um, echo, if not replicate exactly uh, other strategies, techniques, and whatnot, other solutions, but are appropriate only to the extent that a sound design process, or reliably appropriate only to the extent that a sound design process has, has generated them. So hopefully that, that makes sense. There's another layer to it, I won't go into the details, but the upshot is that if you look down on the tree from above, what you see is the seven domains of, of permaculture application, so it works in with Holmgren's permaculture flower. Oh yeah, and for the record, the pattern of the tree and the movement I'm using it to convey, it would be an instance of Bill Mollison's core model. And here I should also mention the work of Yasha Raw and Sonia Horster, I link to an article of there's that unquestionably fed into my thinking about this. Okay, so I'll move on now. I'll read out the recap that I have in the actual post, which is to recap the main idea. Permaculture has general foundational aspects that are universal in their relevance, the roots. Permaculture has specific solutions, design configurations, strategies and techniques that are appropriate in some situations and not in others. Limbs, branches and leaves. The only thing that can get you from the foundations to the appropriate solutions for a given situation is sound design process, the trunk. Now we move on to the next section, which is titled The Original Plan. Having created the tree diagram, I hatched a cunning plan for the future of making permaculture stronger. I was going to complete, and indeed have completed, a few inquiries myself. Each was to start with something permaculture seemed to have got wrong in terms of design process, and end with a better alternative to it. I went so far as to prepare the below plan. There's a diagram here that I'll speak to in a sec. I was going to put this out there once I had the ball rolling, as in about now. A diagram to set the parameters to invite others to come play this game over and over again. Together, we were going to remedy permaculture's issues one strengthened weak link at a time. And I show a flowchart where there's a shrunken tree and then there's a series of um, bubbles and boxes and, and links between them. And the idea is you do these circuits. So I'll talk you through them. You take a look at the tree diagram. <clears throat> and then you the first one is start here. Choose and clearly define a link slash topic from the tree diagram to focus on. Then you go to a question, which is, is this link a weak link? If the answer is no, you go back and find another one and ask the question again. When you hit a yes, you then ask the question, is this weak link a byproduct of one or more deeper 
weak links? Is it a, is this, is this a symptom of a weak link or is itself a, a deep weak link? If the answer is yes, you choose one of these deeper weak links where you ask the questions. When you get to a no, you go to show clearly how this weak link is weak, including searching for and linking to other discussions. Showing this. You move to the next question, which is, are there already existing efforts to address slash strengthen this weak link? If no, you jump ahead a couple of steps. If yes, you summarize and seek feedback on these existing efforts. Then you ask, are these efforts likely to address this weak link without further action required? If no, you go to the next step. If yes, you skip the next step. Next step being address or address more. As in do something towards strengthening this weak link. Then the final bit, summarize results and how to capture in, 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 in an updated diagram. Um, as in how to how, how the re results of your inquiry could, f could feed into uh, the development of the permaculture tree diagram and that would bring you back to the starting point and the idea is that a whole bunch of people would use making permaculture stronger as a shared platform to complete these inquiry circuits don't worry too much about the details because the whole thing is redundant now it's not happening that plan has reached its its, its expiry date even before uh, it was launched and my, my caption underneath that that diagram is my early master plan for making permaculture stronger. That's exactly what it was. Next section, title, why I started with the trunk. I spent a few posts, there's links to all these things, explaining why I chose to start my weak link work in the region of the tree's trunk, as in design process. I described the apparent lack of a deep, coherent, shared, widely used understanding of sound design process in permaculture as a foundational weak link. Foundational in the sense that all sorts of other littler weak links flowed from it. Foundational in the sense of a type 1 error. Here is how I originally diagrammed it. Noting that the image I get is of a huge oak tree teetering on a feeble little stem. And I have an illustration showing just that. And there's an arrow pointing to the feeble little weak point in the stem with some exclamation marks next to it. Next section is, section is titled, The First Two Inquiries. I then started the first of two epic, in-depth inquiries where I honed in on problematic aspects of the shared understandings of permaculture design process that were available in the literature. In that sense, I identified design processes as a weak link and then went looking for little weak links within the big weak link that were presumably making the big weak link weak. I dove deep into two of them. The title for the first one is From Assembling Elements to Differentiating Whole Systems. I have such fond memories of the opening post of the first inquiry, which drew on the work of Christopher Alexander to identify an initial problem, the common permaculture understanding that design is a process of assembling or combining parts or elements into whole systems. In doing so, I shared Alexander's alternative suggestion that systems and landscapes with the character of nature are achieved by a process of differentiating wholes into parts. The post stirred up a lot of fantastic commentary and dialogue. It was a great experience and so gratifying to have the interest and attention and appreciation of colleagues, including the likes of David Honger and Dave Jackie and Toby Hemingway. If that particular post hadn't been so well received, I wonder if the project would have even continued. In any case, it did, going on to look into this issue in some depth, where ten posts later it had arrived at a different conception of design 
that was not only articulated theoretically, but applied and documented in two practical design project examples, which are linked to. So I guess on its own terms, the inquiry achieved its intent. It started with a problem or a limitation and ended with a way of approaching design that resolved or avoided the problem. The dialogue this inquiry catalyzed also helped me arrive at a new take on the whole matter that was a pivotal stepping stone toward the more recent work on designing via transformation. Now the second inquiry is titled here, From Detailed Upfront Design Through Concept Designing to Generating. In making Permaculture Stronger's second inquiry, I honed in on the dominance of upfront master planning in the permaculture design literature. I first showed the seemingly universal consensus that in a sound, and I'm quoting, from, I'm quoting myself, <laughs> an early version of myself, in a sound permaculture design process, one completes a detailed design before starting the implementation of that design. I then pointed out how problematic this idea is in light of permaculture's aspiration to create so-called nature-mimicking systems. As in the first inquiry, I ended up in striking contrast to the standard permaculture mantra of observe, this is a bullet point list, people, place, whatever, observe, concept design, detailed design, implement, evaluate, slash tweak. And so the contrast, or the two contrasts, were either a hybrid or concept designing approach or the fully fledged generating approach where you immerse in the overall context of the design, decide what high level features or aspects to tackle first, rapidly generate, then iteratively test or prototype a first step until something feels solid and relatively certain, adaptively implement that step, and then re-immerse in the new reality of the just transformed whole. Again, I started with a perceived problem and arrived at some alternate understandings that appeared to resolve the problem. So next title is Generative Transformation. I had no idea that after these two inquiries, what would emerge next is the chart I then developed. This chart brought the outcomes of both inquiries together into one place where any design process could now sit in one of nine different spaces. To me, the most important outcome of the whole project so far is a fairly clear initial articulation of the space I've called generative transformation. I have argued that generative transformation is permaculture's home turf. Aside from a few other bits and bobs, which I link to, including the podcast and the videos, this pretty much sums up the entire journey of making permaculture stronger so far. Um, as an online type thing anyway, um, as I say that I'm thinking of all kinds of ways that making permaculture stronger is fed into um, permaculture physical face-to-face -face gatherings around the world in, in Australia, New Zealand, India and other places. Anyway, I conclude by saying in the next post I'll share why and how I've come to realise that it is time to let go of this whole idea of finding and strengthening weak links. Ahead of sharing the alternate approach, making permaculture stronger will be taking from here on in. And so ends the first of three posts introducing phase two of making permaculture stronger. I guess I'll just keep going here and uh, so I don't have to record a separate outro. Um, so, I mean, that's that. 
tightish, shortish little episode. Uh, um, you know, I had the thought of maybe doing the whole lot, all three as one episode, but why not keep them short and sweet? Something I've been wanting to experiment with more anyway. So I hope you enjoyed that. You can read the post itself at makingpermaculturestronger.net. You can support the project either through the support page at makingpermaculturestronger.net or the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash makingpermaculturestronger. Uh, the $10 tier of monthly support and above entitles you to participate in a community of practice around permaculture design that is emerging right now. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, anyway, I'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening if you've made it this far, and I look forward to catching up with you in episode 27.